friend, there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Let's chat about the importance of going far together. Stick around. I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. This week, y'all, I have a very special guest. This is my good girlfriend, Wendy Stewart. Wendy is an energetic human resource professional with over 10 years of experience in healthcare and transportation. Highly knowledgeable in federal laws related to FMLA and the Americans with Disabilities Act. Wendy and I serve together in various components, but most often through the diaconate of Willow Avenue Baptist Church. And I'm so grateful that she would grace the podcast with her presence. Wendy, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. So normally I hop right in, but before I do that, I have to take a personal privilege and publicly thank Wendy. As many of you know, this podcast was birthed and has been nurtured in grief. But what many may not know is that days and really hours after my grandmother passed, Wendy was one of the first people I called. And instantly, literally instantly, she got drafted (laughs) into planning my grandmother's repast. And while my mother and I have thanked her privately, I have to take this opportunity to thank you publicly for everything that I know that you did in wrangling volunteers, arranging food, decorations, all the things that go behind the scenes in helping the family just relax and begin the grieving process. I want to thank you for taking a huge burden off of our plates. Now now you're going to have me crying already. (laughs) But you are more than welcome. I would not have done, I would have done it any other way. So you are more than welcome, both you and your mom. Thank you so much. So y'all, this is why I say, you know, if you want to go far, you got to go together. But you want to go together with people that have your back in every season of life. So this podcast, Wendy, is all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life. So how does joy show up for you in your life? How do you define it? If I were to define joy, I think joy is living. It is embracing Mm -hmm. every moment, the good moments, as well as the bad, the chaotic, as well as the calm. It's just, it's moving through life daily with the idea of you know what I don't know how the day's gonna go but I'm gonna be glad about something even if it's a small thing so that's the kind of how I think I would define joy and have you always defined joy as recognizing something in the day to highlight I think for the most part yes um I think it's shifted um probably 
the more recent kind of ideas of what I think joy have or, or have been birthed out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we'll talk a little more about what I do, but there were some dark days, not for me personally, but for the people I had to assist and help. And it's like, you know, life's short. And so no, why, why be so upset about, yeah, there were social injustices that were going on. There was a pandemic that were raging. People were dying, but you know what? There's still some level of joy. There's something that I can be happy about. I can be glad about. And so that's kind of how I think it shifted for me. And that's kind of what I want to do as I go forward for the rest of my life. Wow. Wow. Do you think, what was your mindset if you could go back prior to March of 2020? How would you have defined joy prior to this literally world shifting (laughs) um, pandemic? How do you think you would have defined joy if had you had the time to stop and consider it? Okay. It's and it's it's. I think it would have been joy was. Oh, I'm on this on this committee. Joy was. I'm being asked to do this. Joy was. Oh, people want me to be in the room where it happens. Wow. And now I'm I'm okay not being in that room. I'm okay taking a step back. I am wanting to or learning how to embrace my time, getting all my time back. Wow. Slowing down. Um. You know, I am always doing something. And it's great and it's good because it's it's for a cause. It's always for a reason. But then where's the time I have for myself? Mm-hmm. I've lost myself in that. And so now I'm retooling so that I have. So my joy is not just living in the moments, the, the time I have with my friends and my family, but it's the joy I find in reading books. I haven't been able to read a book in I don't know how long. So just taking back some of the time that I've given away for good purposes, good reasons, but my mindset, my attitude has shifted. That's really good. And I think that's encouraging to people who are always on the go or finding fulfillment in the busy. Yes. That now have had that restructuring and had a difficult time during the pandemic Mm -hmm. of the slowdown wasn't beneficial for them. Right. That are identifying in the, okay, I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. I wasn't alone. So thank you for speaking to that. In those periods since, when joy wasn't fulfilled, what did you do to define or redefine joy? Or what have you found? A lot of it's getting still. Um, I am a big proponent now of do not disturb on my phone. Um, Because people, because we're in such an age where people have so much access, I am decreasing the amount of access people have to me. Because that helps me protect my own mental health. Because, you know, you take in so many people's things. So now it's like, you know what? I don't have to answer the phone immediately when somebody calls. And if somebody does call, I mean, I mean, as a courage, depending on who it is, I may text, hey, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I'll call you back. And I might not call them back. I mean, and it's no slight to them. It's just I want to be able to enjoy the time that I'm taking to enjoy life, just to kind of take those moments. Because, again, like I said, I've, I've, I'm slowing down. Mm-hmm. I am good with just being by myself reading books. Uh, some, a lot of times I binge watch things on television just cause, cause it's, it's when, when you do the kind of work that I do, there's like, what's your release? I take in everybody's stuff, but then what's the release that I have? So it's just getting back to that, that part of it. 
It's the owning of time mm-hmm. because so many of us release that control to this entity and right. that entity. And then at the end of the day, are so drained. Right. But we think that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I've emptied myself out to all of these things. But then you are depleted Absolutely. and haven't given yourself any self-care. And see, that's the thing I'm learning. Um, for some that know me, I'm, I'm extremely organized. Mm-hmm. And in this time, I'm not. And I'm like, it unsettles me. And it's like, you know what? Well, if you weren't over here doing this thing or taking this call, because again, that call wasn't really important. It was probably somebody just telling you something that you probably never really even cared about. <laughs> so it's like, you know what? Do that. And so now it's it's more of a targeted, okay, I'll talk to you. I, I kind of now it's more so I'm going to choose to talk to people between like maybe a lot of times when I'm commuting, uh, I work a hybrid schedule now. So a lot of times I call people while I'm driving home so that by the time I get home, mm-hmm. then that time is my time. Okay. And then, or maybe I go home, I rest, I eat, and then I maybe do, dedicate an hour to, to to check in with people because you don't want to isolate yourself. Right. Because again, you want to check in. So I kind of that's kind of how I'm shifting to make sure that the joy, the self care is still there for myself. So let's get more into your joy journey. And you've spoken to this. One of the things that I've come to know about you is your ability to sacrifice your time, talents, and treasures for those, for others, specifically those in need. Well, let me ask you this. Do you view your actions as a sacrifice? I don't think so. I think it's just who I am. Okay. Um, If somebody needs something, I'm going to figure out. I may not be able to do it myself, but I think that's just, that was how I was raised. Um, my dad, when people needed something, he helped. And that's just kind of what I watch that. I do that. I mean, sometimes it can be a little much, but I don't mind doing it. I don't even think it's a, think of it as a sacrifice. It's just part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to ask, was this modeled by your parents? <laughs> and if so, what made this important for you to continue? So I know you know, um, my mother passed away when I was 11. And so most of my life I've been raised by my father and, um, it's just, he's, he's very respected. My cousins love, everybody loves my father just because he is who he is. I mean, he doesn't miss words, but if you need something, he's going to help you. And I'm like, you know what? I know you grow up, you know, I don't want to be like you when I grow up, but as I age, I'm like, I'm exactly him. Mm -hmm. Um, um, a lot of times we go and visit him. My sister will because I drive, I'm normally the driver, and my sister's like, oh, my God, Jack, just like your dad. And I'm like, yeah, um, but it's okay now. It is it is because I want to, when I leave here, I don't want people to be like, oh, she was mean, she was whatever. She was always pleasant, even when she had a bad day. And so, or she, you know what, I needed something one day, and then um, Wendy gave it. Um, I will get more again into work, but um, I never do the work that I do with an expectation of receiving something. Okay. But there's a person that I helped, and then they were like, hey, I got something for you and your team. And I'm like, okay, you know. And so then a week passed. She didn't show up. Then the next week, hey, I didn't forget. And this person brings me all these snacks. And so I showed some of my friends what the snacks look like. And it's like, hey, can I uh, give me, let me get those Pringles. And I'm like, oh, okay. And and if you know me, there are some things I don't like to share. Um, so, um, but because they asked. No. Wendy. <laughs> What are you going to say? I don't share my bubble gum. She has a gum thing 
very specific <laughs> type of gum, though. <laughs> Double bubble bubble gum that goes in a gum, a gum ball machine. And then I also like Pringles. And so there were six cans of Pringles. And in the cans, there were, there were um, like, lightly salted, different variations. And somebody's like, hey, let me get some of those Pringles. And I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> these are my snacks. These are my snacks. And so, but then it's like, you know what? What does it hurt? I don't really need the snacks anyway. There were three bags full of snacks. So it's like, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So it's like, if somebody needs something, you know what, here you go. Or, um... I know uh, I have a goddaughter. My goddaughter is at that age where, you know, she's um, skin, you know, she's a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so I have all these products because I'm that person that will try anything at least once. So it's like, you know what? Here you can have all of this. It's like, so that's just kind of, that's just what I watched him do. And so that's kind of who I am now. Mm -hmm. So you've chosen a career in human resources, specifically one that supports those with special needs and or medical conditions was that intentional or did you just find yourself in human resources so i actually um it was a targeted plan okay um and i walked through how it became targeted but then what i'm doing now i never thought i would do and i never thought i would do it this long okay so um in my younger days, I worked for Continental Airlines. Well, let me back up. Before that, I was on the nonprofit side of things. Really? Yes. I was a special events fundraising um, coordinator. So um, I worked for two different organizations, and in those organizations, I helped plan special events. Like 5Ks, we did a wine tasting, we had a mini Grand Prix. And what I realized in those roles is, you know, especially coming out of school, having student loans, that... I would be a much better volunteer than an employee because the salary just was was never enough to do the meet the needs that I had. So I made a plan and I'm like, okay, where do I want to go? What's going to be my next move? What's my pivot? And I'm like, you know what? The people that always know what's going on are people that work in HR. So okay, so I'll work in HR. And so okay, where do I want to work in HR? So um, I, I at that point it's like I think I want to travel. So I searched out Continental Airlines. And so what I did actually, because Continental, the only job I could get at Continental was a reservationist. And to be honest, in the first six months, I almost got fired because Wait a people, minute, <laughs> right, right. I know. Right. Um, they want you to, the goal is to sell. And if you don't sell, they come on your phone and they say, Hey, can I talk to you? I'm like, okay, great. And they're like, you're not, there's this thing called PSE. And so my PSE was low because they would say, no, I don't want it. Click. Okay. Have a nice day. And, but that's not the model. The model was to mm -hmm. talk to them and explain to them why the ticket, you know, why it was a great price. And it just didn't fit for me. Luckily, thankfully, before the six months was up, I made it past probation. And then there was a job in payroll. Okay. So then I moved from payroll there. And then let me back up. When I was doing the reservations job, that was not enough to live on. So I worked an entirely different job during the day for a staffing agency. So I worked staffing agency during the day. And then I worked overnight for Continental because, you know, it's the type of job where you have to, it, it's all based on seniority. So then finally, I'm able to leave those, leave the, the staffing position as well as the job in reservations. And then I go into payroll. Okay. And then I'm in payroll for a while and I learn how to do payroll. Then a position comes up in our more corporate HR side on the staffing side. Now it would be called recruitment or talent acquisition. And so I got a position there. Um, that was probably in the late 90s to not date myself too much um and then i actually would have probably still been there but i was laid off after the events of september the 11th wow so then yeah so i do that um i take a break and that's when i decide because that was i decide you know what what i'm going to do is go back to school 
Mm-hmm. And that was the, the pivot again when I decided to go get my master's. And so I got a master's in fi- MBA in finance. And so in the midst of that, I took a, a job for about nine months with another organization, which was just, it was just a job to get by. Then um, somebody, a friend of mine was like, hey, have you ever thought about working for the transit authority? No, not at all. Not not anything in my wildest dreams. And they had a positions on, position on the labor relations side. Okay. So that was my introduction to working with people with disabilities and those types of things. And so then, you know, several years later, Todd, here I am. I'm in the role I have now. And it is it is morphing into many things in which because of the knowledge that I've gained through all these other positions, I'm being put on special projects to help change the model for our paid time off projects. Mm. And so the disability piece, which is ironic, is my mother had a multiple sclerosis. And in the 80s, there were not rules and laws in place for people that were disabled. So now it's kind of a full circle moment because I'm able to help the people that my mother had to quit. She couldn't work. My dad had to support, had to do everything. And this now there are laws that protect people with disabilities right. and they can remain employed with or without some level of reasonable accommodation. So that's how I ended up in HR and that's where I am right now. Wow. I know, huh? You didn't know that. I did not know that. I did not I'm know a that. a well-rounded soul. Oh my goodness. And so what have you learned and how has your faith been stretched and grown throughout all of these different changes throughout your employment and your career growth? I think what I've learned is don't be afraid of change. Mm. Uh, people are afraid of change. Um, and I, I'm, what I'll say is I don't agree with everything that, that goes on around me, but does it really matter? Um, you know, people get into like, what does it affect? Does it affect the roof over my head? Does it affect the income that I make to be able to do the things that I do? If it doesn't affect those, then why does it even really matter? So I think that kind of, um, when I look at it, it's focusing on this matters, this doesn't matter. And just remembering every opportunity in these learning, in these positions has caused me to grow. It is, um, I would consider myself an introvert. I'm very introverted, uh, especially if I don't know people, but these roles have put me in positions where I've had to learn how to public speak. Mm-hmm. I've had to do these things that I normally wouldn't, wouldn't step out on my own and do. Okay. As a servant leader, and this is so interesting, Wendy, I would have never pegged you as an introvert. You have to watch me a little bit. You would see it. Okay. I think it's because <laughs> we're always together. Mm-hmm. It baffles the mind, but I know you. And then the people I'm talking to, I typically know. Uh huh. Um, if I don't, it doesn't hurt me to say hello because again, I'm not, I'm still introverted, but I'm saying hello. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in a room with people that I don't really know, or there's one person I know, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to have a conversation mm-hmm. and my conversation will be really targeted. Hello. How are you? My name is, it is, there's not going to be a lot of fluff in the conversation. Right. So I guess I'm an introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert. And so I think that's the same thing. I I would also consider myself an introverted extrovert situationally. So, so as a servant leader with a giving heart, have you experienced burnout? Absolutely. I think I'm there now. Okay. Um, in all honesty. Um, and, and that's one of the things I'm trying to trying to shift. My sister will always say, maybe you need to go take a nap. You know, maybe you need a day off. 
So um, it's real easy to get burnout because you want to be that servant leader. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's how much is too much? Like, how do you how do you balance? Okay, I'm going to do this particular activity as a servant leader, but leader, but maybe I'm not going to do this. And so it's a challenge because you don't want to be that person where they say, we missed you. And, you know, or you didn't come to something. And, I mean, maybe you had the intention to go, Mm -hmm. but you were just tired. Right. And so, again, it's about balance. It's like, and I think that's what we have to teach people. You can be a servant leader, but you don't need to be in every ministry, every auxiliary. You have to figure out where you're best suited and then let that be your focus. And then the other things may be, you know what, I can't do this volunteer opportunity, but maybe I can give you a donation. And that's kind of my thing now. I have lots of double good popcorn because <laughs> that is what I can do right now. Right. I, I'm I'm really particular about how I give my time away now. That's good. Good, good, good. So balance and boundaries. Yes. I have you to thank for that. So recently. Okay. Okay. What's coming? You celebrated a milestone birthday by turning 50. Yes. And they say hindsight is 50-50. So if you had to think back on the lessons that you learned in your 40s, what do you think are some of the top maybe two or three things that you learned in your 40s that you're like, I'm not doing that again in my 50s? Okay. The biggest thing is going to be how I manage my money. Um, I am very big on managing money and I like to help people manage their money, but I don't always make the best decisions myself. Okay. I mean, I have, I have been educated in how to do it. I have been trained to be a financial counselor, but sometimes I just like to buy things. And then you look back and you're like, now why did I buy this? And Oh, I could have had that money. It, it would be saved up. So from, from forties to now fifties is mind your money. You know, there's nothing that says you can't go and buy a nice ring or a nice piece of jewelry, but make sure you're saving Because do you want to work like I want to be able to determine when I stop working. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a person that works. And then when your employer terminates you, they terminate you deaf while employed. I see that a lot. And I don't want to be like that. So it's like learning. Okay, if you make a certain amount of money and then, you know, people say the more money you make, the more money you spend. And I believe it and I understand that. So it's like, you know what, what I would have done for 40 is in 50. It's like now on my emails, all those different uh, sales you get like Ann Taylor. I love Ann Taylor. There are places that, you know what, I need to stop the emails because then that stops the temptation to spend on things that I don't need. I just recently, I guess recently in the last, probably last six to eight months, coming out of the pandemic or even the worst, I guess whatever this new normal is, Mm -hmm. I realized I had a lot of things that I was not wearing. And so now I have a friend helping me sell them. And so, and then with that, it's like, I only buy things that I really, really want. I don't go and buy, um, a $20 necklace and there's nothing wrong with a $20 necklace, but it's like, is it going to be something I want to have for a lifetime? And so everything I buy now are things that, okay, I would either want to leave for someone. Cause again, when you turn 50, you start to think about, you know, somebody tell me there are more years behind you than ahead of you. So it's like, okay. And I don't want someone mad at me when I leave and they have to clean out my stuff. So it's like, I'm really particular about my money and then, or how I'm managing my money. And then I think the other thing is I thought I'd be married by now. I thought I'd have a husband. I thought I'd have children and you have to get comfortable in your singleness. 
Um, and understanding that, you know what, there's no rule that says you have to be married at 20, married at 30, even married at 40. I mean, people get married 50 and beyond. So that is kind of like, don't get so caught up in the coulda, shoulda, wouldas on social media, looking at people like, oh, you know what? I used to date this person and, and, oh, maybe I should have tried again, but God has ordered my steps to where I am now. And so I trust that God will get me where I need to go. And if a relationship is what he wants for me, it'll come. It'll come at 50. It'll come at 55, whatever it is. But I didn't think about that in my 40s. There, you know, you, And I don't even think I had a shift from 40, like 49 to 50. I was excited. Um, for me, again, um, mother died when she was 42. To get to 42 for me was a blessing. And then to get to 50, and then it's like, oh, okay, God has been good. So think about, don't worry about those things that those things on your punch list that you thought you would have. I thought I'd be director level VP. I'm not, but I'm well-respected in my organization. So I think those are the two things I would tell, you know, from, from 40 to 50 and then going forward, it's like just not being so concerned about the things that don't really matter. What matters to me most is my, are my family and my friends in that at the point I'm able to retire, I can, and there's no stress around retiring. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, Wendy, because it speaks to, one, the freedom, both yes. of the financial freedom. Yes. And the relationship, the time freedom from relationships. Because so many of us have had that plan of, well, surely by, by this piece. Right. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. By then, by, no, that's fine, fine, fine. Then by... All right, then. Okay, what are we doing then? Where am I going? Where are we going with <laughs> yes. this? What's What exactly is happening? Um, but it's a freedom and a lightness of fine. Mm -hmm. Whenever, if ever. Right. God, whatever your plan is for my life. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm going to accept it and go forward in it. I love that. And yeah. I love that for you. I Thank know. you so much for You're sharing welcome. your lessons. You're welcome. So that was hindsight. Okay. So now let's look ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay. As you seek the Lord for the next phase of your joy journey, would you, would you dare share your hope for where you see yourself for the next five, ten years? Oh, gosh. Um, I think in the next five, just again, just being comfortable with where I am. Um, not getting stressed about the things that just don't really matter. There are so many things again, um, where people, people get so mad about stuff. I'm like, well, do, does it really matter? Do you really care? Will it matter tomorrow? Will it matter an hour from now? So just kind of moving into that really, really securing my money. I had a coworker, um, we were seeing a shift, um, at my employer. I have coworkers that, I mean, we pretty much grew up together in our, our environment. One has been able to stop working and is not yet even 50. Now, I can't do that, but it gives me the wherewithal to know that I could if I wanted to, but I just have to be focused. So I think that's kind of one of those. And then I think the other thing would just be enjoying the moments, really reclaiming my time, really only doing what I want to do and what brings me joy. And if it doesn't bring me joy, then it just can't be on my list. Um, I have a post I saw yesterday and it was, I, I'm not going to quote it right, but it was basically like, be mindful of your time because it's non-refundable. 
And so I'm like, oh, and I was like, oh, I need to take that today. I need to bring that with me because that's my thing. We can't get back time. I don't want to look back on my life and be like, oh my God, I should have never done this. should have never done that. Cause that's what I've been doing or had been doing. So now as I'm going forward, you know what? I'm only going to do what I want to do. And if people don't, if they don't, if they say, well, why won't you come out and why would I, and they get upset with me, that's their issue, not mine. So I think that's it. Just, just being in the moment, being excited about it, embracing it, um, seeing the world. Um, I have a really big trip planned. I'm excited about it. Um, it is, a. I don't normally travel for that long. And so it's just getting excited about it because I love to see the world. I love to see how other people live and then being thankful for the opportunity and ability to be able to do that because everybody can't do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So excited for you. So, Wendy, if someone wanted to reach out to you for mentorship, for financial advice, um, how can they find you? Um, <laughs> funny story. It's not fully it's not fully um, completed. I actually have an Instagram page called Wealth is a Journey. Ooh. Um, it is because I'm so dedicated to doing all these other things. I've not been able to pour into myself and build it out. Okay. But they can also reach me um, on Instagram at Wendy Bell. I think it's at Wendy Bell is my handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I love that is like and my eyes lit up. I love. Yeah, I'm good at human resources. I'm good at dealing with people with disabilities. But I love seeing people win with their money because if you win with your money, um, and you do it, I hate to, you know, cause this is biblically based Absolutely. and you do it God's way. The results are just tremendous. Absolutely. Um, there are some folks that I've worked for and I I'm watching them now and it's like, that's nothing but God. That was, here are the basics on how to, how to, you know, organize yourself where your money is concerned and then moving forward. And then to see that those are the blessings of God. Those are those residual things that by being, thinking about what God wants you to do and how to manage your money and then kind of seeing it manifested. So that's the thing. I think, um, I love that. That is, um, cause it's just, it's just cool to see people win. It's cool to see people who had credit card debt. Cause again, I know what it is to be in credit card debt. I was in credit card debt when I was in my twenties and it was rough. I won't say what I would call it, but it was, it was rough. And then to get out of it and then to get back in it again. Cause you know, sometimes we just have to repeat those lessons mm-hmm. and then it's like, helping people not repeat the lesson. And if you do repeat the lesson, don't be so hard on yourself because sometimes things happen, but embracing it and moving forward, for sure. I'm all about financial freedom and whatever it looks like for everybody. Wendy is my accountability partner. Um, When I got ready, I told Wendy the idea of the podcast. She said, so what's your business plan? How are you going to fund it? How are you, what's, what's the goal? How are you going to do this? Uh, she is very much the get to, how, how, how are we going to do this? She is very much that person for me and I appreciate it. So I hope that this has blessed you. Wendy, thank you so much. She was nervous. but very she, nervous. <laughs> she was very nervous, but she has done an amazing job and thank you so much. So please, please, please drop in the comments Um, both on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, how Wendy has blessed your life with her testimony. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And let me know um, how this has helped you, how this has strengthened your joy journey. Until we gather again every single Thursday, may God increase your joy, grant you strength for the journey, and give you the courage to tell your story. Bye, friends.